0: everybody. Welcome. Today, we're going to be talking with Judy Carroll, who's written a book called ET Presence on Earth. And as I've said before, I tend to do things in in clusters, subjects in clusters. And this one particularly fascinates me because I'm always trying to get to the bottom of what types of influences are controlling our experience here on earth or at least attempting to and how do we break free of that and carol has a most interesting story one that draws in the zeta grays so without any further ado let's go to carol hi carol from australia this morning it's a morning your time tomorrow my time right yes that's right regina it's oh 9 in the morning here all right, hey, I'm so glad we could do this. Um, you know, the subject's absolutely fascinating to me because you are saying that you always felt this feeling that you were cut off. You were not. You weren't really here. You were from somewhere else, even as a little child. But, but then you started having experiences and had a very profound experience around the age of thirty that really started forcing you to look at something that you had been only marginally or peripherally aware of. So because this is such a vast topic, there's so many moving parts to it. Let's jump right into your story um, that culminated in the book, E.T. Presence on Earth.
1: Okay, Regina, yes. um, I actually did suffer from some fear as a child um, and I actually took this on on purpose to enable me to carry out the work that I'm doing now, which is trying to help people to move past the fear of ET contact. There's so much fear and disinformation being put out there. Um, So as a child, it was almost like I was operating through two brains. One one brain was the earth human one and the other brain was my ET one Um, because in actual fact, I am a blended soul. I'm a blended grey and earth human soul, which was chosen at the time that I decided to reincarnate and come down here in this life. Um, So right up until the age of 30, I was aware that something was going on. Um, I had a couple of experiences of the body paralysis that people talk about, which is quite a natural part of contact with ETs. And um, At the same time, I went through a lot of fear in connection with it. At age 30, I had a very, very full-on contact experience. We were living out on an acreage property at the time, and during the afternoon, I started feeling off colour, like as if I was coming down with the flu. And I decided to go upstairs to a back bedroom and just relax. Um, My husband's family were over for the day, so they were all outside working. Um, so I had a house to myself and I went to this back bedroom, lay down on the bed, closed my eyes and the next moment this body paralysis came right through my whole body, freaking me out, needless to say, um, and accompanying it, there was a loud roaring sensation or sound going on in my ears. And the next moment I became aware of a couple of the so-called rays standing beside the bed. And because I was in an altered state, I was actually seeing them as physical beings and their presence was so real they were blocking light coming in. This was the middle of the afternoon. They were blocking light coming in through the bedroom window. Um, And although I wasn't aware of it at the time, we actually had a long conversation. Missing time was involved. But it took me a few years Before the information that they gave me started to bubble to the surface, it was like um, a large download of information was put into my head um, to awaken my consciousness, bring me up to a higher consciousness level, um, which is what it's all about. Um, And then gradually this information started coming out. And what I was told was that I needed to learn to, to meditate because communication is a huge difficulty between the greys and those humans because they're totally telepathic, they don't use verbal speech. So I was told that I needed to learn to meditate and to assist this process, they advised me to take up Tai Chi, which back in 1983 in Queensland, Australia, I'd not even heard of, I didn't know what it was, so... Um, Luckily, I remembered and I started checking out what it was um, and I found out it was moving meditation. So, anyway, over the next few years, amazing coincidences happened in my life to get me shifted from the country back to the city, Tai Chi classes were provided just around the corner, meditation classes were provided, and I was also, I had been told by them that I would have to learn a natural form of healing. Um, and that also came along in the form of Reiki. So all these incredible coincidences happened to get me to where I am now, um, and including in the meditation circle that I sat in, I was taught how to do automatic writing, which then led to the books. So it's sort of brought me right up to where I am now.
0: And what from the very first uh, contact with them, what was the dominant message or theme that came through once you were able to piece it together over time and that kept being reiterated as time went on? Why were they contacting you? Why did you choose to come here then as a blended soul, as you call it?
1: Yes. Well, in my past life, I was a Zeta Gray um, and... I was part of the mission that started here just after World War Two, when the nuclear weaponry was um, developed down here. And off-planet people decided that this was time we needed to intervene um, because what people generally don't understand is nuclear weaponry impacts off-planet. Um, it's not just like, you know, when wars are carried out with guns and arrows and things, it impacted through the whole um almost right out through the galaxy. So this was what um, brought on the reason to come here, to start contacting people on a, on a greater level. And the other thing is, is Earth humans are ready to start evolving. They've actually been held back from their evolution. Um, for many millennia, and the time has come now that they need to start moving forward and evolving to a higher frequency and more expanded consciousness. So a lot of the program that the ETs are carrying out is to do with this, which is to do with activating more of our DNA, um, which in turn will enable humans to access a more expanded conscious awareness. So this is the program that I'm a part of. And so this is the reason why I had to go through so much training myself, um, learning to meditate, learning to um, do a natural healing modality, so that I, in turn, and back then they told me I'd be doing this, they said, you will be teaching these things in the future, which, of course, panicked me at the time because I didn't even know what Tai Chi was. Um, But yes, sure enough, now, yes, I teach Tai Chi, I teach Qigong, Um, I'm also a Reiki practitioner and teacher. I went right through the master level. Um, and so in my way, I'm carrying out ET work down here by helping those humans to understand more about the natural life force universal energy. So that's sort of what I'm doing. That's
0: interesting. I I do want to say as a validating point that the beings I've been associated with for this lifetime and many lifetimes, um, when I first started coming into contact with them, in this case through another member of our group, um, they were very clear on what happened after World War II as well. They said, once you started playing with atomic weapons, you start changing dynamics in other places in this can't be tolerated. This is not just fouling our own environment anymore. So I just want to say that they, 37 years ago, definitely validated that for me as well. And I want to say, at at this point, I think it's a good time to get into the story of the greys because most people um, that know of the greys usually it sends a little shudder down their spine. Oh, these heartless hive mentality beings that abduct us and subject us to horrible, painful tests without our permission and so forth. And um, this is kind of the common, more conspiratorial view of grays. Let's talk about the Zeta grays. And on the heels of that, I want to ask you if you were aware of or read um, about the Project Serpo and the team of people that supposedly claimed to have gone to Zeta Reticuli. And the way they saw the culture is very similar to the way you describe what you were shown. So let's talk about what grays are, what they're not, who's, who appears to be abducting people that look like little grey beings, and who are here to really try to help us just remember who we are and wake up to our own power.
1: Yes, exactly, Regina. Uh, the problem is there's actually two programs going on. There's our genuine off-planet program, but there's also a program being carried out um, which is referred to as my lab program, military abductions. And what they actually did, um, what people don't understand is that this shadow group referred to as the cabal have access to technology that's way, way beyond what people generally know is available down here. For example, um, somebody that I know who was working in NASA back during the um, Apollo missions um, worked very closely with Dr. Werner von Braun yes. told me that um, mind-to-mind communication was actually developed down here in 1956. So, what this cabal group is doing, they took genetic material from the genuine grays who were um, part of the, you know, the Roswell crash and other crashes. There's been a number of crashes. Genetic material was taken from their bodies, and this group down here has actually manufactured. To want for want of a better word, manufactured these programmed life forms. Dr. Stephen Greer speaks about
0: them. Yes.
1: And they're made to look like greys and to fool people. Um, and they basically are robotic, they're sort of bio robots, and they, they've been fitted with implants. And they're used in these MyLab military abductions. Um, and, yes, they're, they're robots. I mean, they have no feeling or emotion or anything, so that they're, you know, they're programmed to cause maximum fear with people. And I actually know a couple of people who've had this communication happen. Um, with the genuine raise... Um, they, they completely, they understand emotion. I know this is a thing that people come up with, that the greys don't understand emotion. Now, I work up on the ship as a grey. I've actually seen myself shapeshift in the mirror as I've stepped out of my earth human body, which we refer to as... as I recall a in your book,
0: other people who have uh, watched you speaking or have yes. been around you have also seen you shapeshift into shapeshift. a grey.
1: Yeah, yeah. So what I do, when when my earth human body or container, as the greys call it, is sleeping at night, I step out of it and I go up onto the ship to carry out work. And I often have a conscious recall of doing this. And all I can say is, you see me speaking now, when I'm up there, I'm exactly the same person, even though I'm in a different body. I feel exactly the same. There's no way I would ever hurt anybody purposely. If ever I saw anyone being hurt, I'd intervene. Um, I I have trouble even watching the news at night because I can't stand to see all the pain that's going on down here. So as a grey, I'm no different. Um, And I know that other greys, because I, I know a number of greys, we're all the same. So the genuine greys are not the ones who are causing all the pain and terror. At the same time, um, I have seen incredible fear registered on a person 's face as I approach them up on the ship um, i 've spoken about this in a lot of interviews It really did upset me at the time, but at the same time, I understood because i 've been through that fear myself. Um, what, what the problem is is earth humans um, have been led to believe that you know they 're the only human form in the whole universe. And what they need to understand is that human form takes many forms. Um, This is actually what Jesus referred to when he spoke about uh, my father's house has many mansions. There's many, many different types of humans out there and the greys are just one of many. Um, And the problem with humans down here is when they see someone who looks so very different, they immediately go into a state of panic. And there's not a lot we can do about that. It's like a physiological reaction in their body. So a lot of the fear is quite genuine even to do with our contact with them.
0: And the society itself, you say there, they even the greys and the zeta population can appear very different, just like we have people on Earth and all the different kinds of species here can appear very different. But yeah. you say there, is a, there does tend to be more of what we commonly refer to as a hive mentality, which simply has to do more with working for the good of the whole, working as a whole more than as uh, the individual need coming first. Is that correct?
1: Yes, yes, Regina, that's absolutely correct. Um, A teaching that we were given many, many years ago when when we first established my co-author I'm speaking about here, Helen Kaye, co-author of one of my books, Um, her family had very, very strong, fully conscious, ongoing contact with ETs. And at that time, we were given quite a lot of teaching by a grey elder by the name of Horus. And I've also had connection with another elder by the name of Maris. And one of the very, very important teachings they gave us um, is on a thing they call human ladder. And what the human ladder is, it's a cycle of evolution that all humans go through um, through the universe as they ascend to higher and higher vibrational frequencies. The greys refer to these as galactic levels, but they're not galaxies per se. They're, they're states of consciousness. Um, planet Earth is on the very first level. So therefore, we only have access to approximately 10% of our potential conscious awareness And this is linked into the amount of DNA that we have activated. Now, as we evolve through reincarnation and ascend through the levels of the human ladder, we'll be able to access more and more of our conscious awareness. So, for example, level two of the ladder, you can access 20%, level three, 30%. Now, the grays are right up there um, from about the fifth level up to about the eighth level. Um, where we're looking at the tall greys who are almost up to angelic level. Um, so they, they're able to access a much more expanded conscious awareness. This is where they're trying to help us down here as as humans to get to.
0: Well, so I think one thing that needs to be explained here is that we are multidimensional. We have yes. many aspects of self. It's just that we have been severely limited intentionally and through repeated trauma um, to being able to have access to the beauty and the incredible divine aspect and genius that's already within us and that's what you're speaking about by this opening up to 10 to 20 and on percent of having access to who we actually are and what we're connected with it's not say that we're not capable we just can't connect with ourselves properly just yet and I think that's evidenced the world Around. Oh, look, for
1: sure. One of the things that is often told to people when they're first contacted by the ETs is it's time for you to wake up. And that's what they're talking about, wake up to a more expanded conscious awareness. Um, the, the planet was actually hijacked by a group who had been developed down here. It was an earlier Earth human group, but they were Earth human, uh, human uh, reptoid rather than mammalian type humans. Um, and these were the ones who interfered with the development of a later mammalian human species that we, we know now as modern man. Now, the species that is on Earth now. And they actually interfered with the DNA. This this is referred to in the Adam and Eve story in the Bible and the temptation of the Garden of Eden. That's a very, very misinterpreted, misunderstood story of this DNA interference. Um, and this is what has... Um, blocked Earth humans from evolving. The rest of the universe has gone on and flowed on and it's like we've been shunted into a railway siding here, Um, not able to evolve with the rest of the universe. And so this is why steps are being made now to try and heal this situation to help humans to move on.
0: And this, as you say, has been going on many millennia. It traces back to Atlantean times and obviously even before that. We're talking millions, if not billions of years ago. Um, And this is um, is kind of, this story is ubiquitous. I don't think I've ever interviewed anyone, no matter what their involvement is with ufology and ETs, that hasn't essentially said from whatever their source was, including personal experience, that the reptilians are the ones that have been um, trying to control us and have a sense of entitlement because they 've been here a long time that this is their planet, and we 're not talking about scales living under the earth we 're talking about mm, multi dimensional beings also that have been able to project their consciousness as humans yes. In human race where they're humans we 're all humans, but just with a little different directive on a soul level perhaps or if you want to even call it that level, I, it, I know I don't have the right words, it might just be an astral level, mm-hmm. but that dysfunction uh, and entitlement is is showing itself in all its full colors today. So yes. talk a little bit about what the Grays showed you and told you through the years about the wherefore and the why of the reptilians, uh, as you call them, Reptarans, because they're here on Earth, us, they look like us, um, and their behavior, and what some more, some of the more effective ways in which to begin breaking
1: this control. Yes, yes. Um, again, you know, there's reference to it in the Bible, um, you know, the fallen angels. That, that's what the reptilians are about. And I call them reptilians because they're, the majority of reptilian races are fine. All the off-planet races are okay. These reptilians were actually developed here at the time of the dinosaurs um, so, they are Earth humans, they're not coming from elsewhere, and this is how they got their foot in here. Um, and the old, you know, the sin of pride sort of <laughs> was, was what brought about the fall. And a need, they wanted to experience physical life, and they wanted it so badly that they've basically become trapped themselves. And because they're an older Earth human race, they look on the planet as being theirs, and they resented when a newer Earth human race started being developed that had the potential of um, more DNA and a more expanded consciousness than them. So they didn't want this. They were scared this new race was going to take over planet Earth, which was their home, which was the reason why they interfered. Um, And because they've never managed to move on from that, they in turn continue to reincarnate and reincarnate back down here. They can't move either. Because they're caught up with this. <laughs> um,
0: so, are they reincarnating into the same bloodlines over and over?
1: Yes, they do tend to. Yeah, yes, yes. Um, and they can certainly come back down here in Earth human form, which is the best form for planet Earth. You know, it's It's, adapt, it's a form that's been adapted for the planet. Um, but they just manage to keep in this, this foothold of control over the planet, not allowing the newer human race. To, to move on so that's basically what's happened
0: and you were, you're also quick to point out in the book and you just mentioned it a moment ago that not all reptoid type species throughout the universe are negative by any means no we're way. talking about an expression that developed here on earth for its own purpose and that, that doesn't, that's not to reflect poorly upon all
1: reptilian species exactly, exactly, the reptilians like the off planet reptilians they're extremely protective people um, very loving people, and there are quite a number of them also working down here along with our people and other off-planet people to try and help. Um, like I, I do know of one reptilian person down here who is very, very deeply involved in animal welfare. They tend to be in those protection-type things. Another person I know has been in the police force or they can be ambulance officers, that sort of thing. They they like to be in that sort of public protection sort of... Um, type of type of industry um so no no you know it's very very wrong to label all reptilians as bad and all as bad because no the, all the off-planet ones are fine it's just the ones who are stuck down here who are the problem <laughs> <laughs> so we
0: all have our problems down here um there's another part of that story too that i want to talk about before we start going into some of the characteristics and and stated missions of the Octurans, for example, and the Pleiadians, and how they all factor in with with the Zetas. And um, you know, one one of the areas that you mentioned in your book, which was interesting, had to do with E. coli, common bacteria that's been around forever and ever and ever. And you were saying that it's been used to limit our uh, our mental slash our psycho-spiritual faculties.
1: Yes, um, this, this is actually a very interesting point. Um, what E. coli does, and I learned this through reading Dr. Eben Alexander's book. Um, I'm just trying to think the name of it. Um, I can't, can't think of it, but he's a... He proof was, of Heaven, that book, Proof of Heaven? Yes, Proof of Heaven, that's yes. it. That's it. Um, he is a very, very highly qualified neurosurgeon and he went through a near-death experience himself. Yes. Um, And it was caused by an E. coli bacteria that had got into his brain, like a form of meningitis. And as he explains in the book, what E. coli does, it destroys the cortex of the brain, which is the humanising part of our brain. And so... And, and he said it's a very, very ancient bacteria and, and didn't say where it came from. But from what I've been told and I understood, it was brought here by the Reptariums and used to, as part of the way of um, interfering with human DNA and, and you know, conscious awareness by closing down or, or interfering with certain parts of the brain. So that's where the E. coli comes in.
0: Well, I mean...
1: So what are we supposed to do about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what a lot of the um, contact is about now. People are being taken up on the ships and repair being done. A lot of the ET contact is about repairing this. Like the E. coli thing happened millennia ago, um, but it still continued to affect the DNA. So, this is what's happening more DNA is being activated. And in fact, um, apparently, science is starting to prove this. Some of the star children who are part of the ET hybrid program are starting to um, develop a third strand of DNA. So, this is the upgrading that's happening down here and a repair of what happened all that time ago. And as, as we said before, we all are multidimensional beings. We've all got an aspect of ourselves on every level of the human ladder. So it's not that anything new needs to be introduced. It's just basically awakening what's already there. Right,
0: because, I mean, we're still referring to our DNA as 90, 95% junk, which, you know, never made sense to me. It simply no. means either we're unaware of it, we're not using it,
1: or it's not activated. It's not activated. That's right. That's right. Again, one of the, the grey teachers said to us, he said, what they need to understand on Earth is that DNA is multidimensional. I mean, you know, parts of it is physical, but there's many, many parts that are are far, far of a higher vibrational frequency, um, and it, it um, how can I say it contains our karma, it contains our soul signature, it contains so many things. All our past lives are held in our DNA. Um, exactly. That's yeah, the same,
0: so, that is my understanding as well, and that's why we yes. intend to we tend to tend to, not always, incarnate into the same or similar um, DNA uh, family groups to yes. be able to continue to have access and continue to develop that particular strand of DNA. Yes. So yes. let's talk about uh, the Arcturians for a moment because you write about them in your book as well and who these beings are because they're generally thought of in a very benevolent way. You don't hear people bad-mouthing Arcturans very often. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I, I've mainly had um, uh, contact with the blue-grey Arcturians. Yeah, basically, I call them big blue guys. Yeah, yeah, they look like rays, except yeah. their skin's a blue-grey colour. <laughs> um, and I actually, from what I understand, I think that was what my genetic makeup was in the last life. They're half Arcturian, half Zeta, um, but they do—they look like rays—and um, they're very much part of the rescue mission down here.
0: Talk about them, and how they show up because we haven 't gotten into the subject of the astral plane, and how these different types of species work with us on the astral plane, and also how so many people, particularly that are very open and trusting a lot of a lot of times in the new age movement, are tricked by entities pretending to be of a higher nature that are not, and I also go into the notion of ascended masters and those calling themselves great masters and high priests and high priestesses. Okay, so that gives you a little to launch on to there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yes, the, the cabal down here are um, using these, this image. Earth humans tend to have this image of what, it, like an angel, for example, tall, blonde, blue-eyed, you know, the wings and everything. And these have actually been created in the image of man, as I, I say in my books. Humankind has created God and the angels in their own image. Um, when you get right up the top of the human ladder where we are talking about angelic-type energy, they're beyond physical form. You know, they don't have a physical body. I mean, sure, they can project a physical appearance to a person, so I'm not saying people haven't had experiences with angelic beings, but in in their natural form, they're, they're light bodies. They're just energy. Um, But what the cabal down here are doing, they're projecting these images, often holographic images, of these beings that look like perfected humans, and in actual fact, it's negative energy behind them, just the same as they've got the mind-to-mind contact since 1956. They're sending through all these messages to psychics, channeled messages and things, Um, and they're not always genuinely from higher beings. Uh, What what I always say, you know, just look behind the message. Try to pick up the energy behind it. The only messages that come through from genuine higher beings is a message of love and encouragement and helping people. If there's any type of threatening, fear, um, anything like that, or putting another group down, all the greys are evil, all these are evil, or that's evil, it's not genuine. No higher entity would ever say a thing like that because they understand the bigger picture.
0: (laughs) Yes, I hear you. I've said before, uh, my husband loves this quote. I said, you know, no God worth his salt would ever demand obedience
1: from humans and nor demand sacrifice from humans. Exactly, exactly. Because what's happened, the Repterians have posed as gods, a lot of these ancient gods. And, I mean, even in some cases, the god of the Old Testament was actually Repterians sending people out. They use the divide and conquer technique. Back then, they still use it now with all the racism, religious intolerance that's being stirred up. Back then, sending different tribes of Israel out to fight with other tribes. I mean... The genuine God
0: energy does not do things like that. Not at all. And on that note, um, I encourage um, anybody who hasn't to take a look at uh, Chris Hardy's book. I think it's called Wars of the Anunnaki Gods or something like that. Anyway, Chris Hardy, she does a really beautiful job of going back and and putting some clarity around who these beings were that are showing up as biblical figures, particularly in the Old Testament. It's really very, very well done. Well done work. So let's talk a little bit about then uh, going from them to the, from the Octurans to the Pleiadians, because again, we're a lot of people think, Oh, these are lovely beings, blonde hair, blue eyes, you know, perfect features and so forth. And uh, my understanding is that in physical form, they do often appear as that. Um, and that doesn't mean there's something wrong or there's any trickery.
1: Let's talk about the nature of the Pleiadians. Yes, they're they're, um, a group from higher up the ladder. So, you know, they've moved past all the warfare. They're very peace-loving people. Um, They have very strict laws on their planet um, to, you know, keep everyone in line, but there's not the want and the need and the warfare and all that goes on down here. They're actually very, very closely related to Earth humans, Uh, not, not the reptilians I'm talking about. I'm talking about modern man. They're basically cousins to Earth humans. So, yes, they do have a more human appearance um, as opposed to how the greys look. (laughs) But but again, a lot of these channel messages from Pleiadians saying the greys are evil, that's not genuine Pleiadians. The genuine Pleiadians and the greys are very, very close. We work very closely together. Um, I do have a Pleiadian friend who I communicate with quite regularly. Um, we will we'll get together and have a bit of a grumble about, <laughs> about <laughs> occasionally. Oh, why do I ever choose to come down here on this mission? Oh, it'll be right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they work, We work very, very closely together. And in fact, we tend to push them forward a bit because of the fact that they look more human. So we say, you know, you go first. You go first. <laughs> you know, blaze the trail for us. <laughs>
0: I'm friends with Barbara Hanclau, you know, a lovely Pleiadian representative to us. And again, very empowering words in her work as well. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the feathered ones, the bird type people that also crossbred, it sounds like, with a reptoid or reptarian species and what
1: they're about. Yes, yes. Um, I think the Anunnaki fall into this category. Um, I don't know a great deal about them. A bit of information was given to me for the book, but apparently they were present on Earth for, at some stage as well. And I think some of the angelic thing with the wings is probably it goes back to, to uh, like a genetic memory that people have of seeing these ones. But I know they're closely connected with the Anunnaki. Um, Quetzalcoatl, I think he was, he was one of them. The feathered serpent. Yes, because there was there was um, reptilian and avian genetics mixed in together. Interesting. Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: Let's talk about what happened through history with beings who were have been or remembered as historically prominent, who were from off planet cultures. You're saying were from off planet cultures. Now this is interesting because um, one of them you talk about, or two of them, are Akhenaten and King Tut that uh, carried forth the Egyptian mysteries to try to break humanity at that time, free of the control that was going on and the, the priesthood that was controlling the people and so forth, which ended up, of course, a bloody mess. Everybody died. That's the end of that story. But <laughs> let's talk a little bit about these beings who are depicted as very different. Their head, their head shape is different. Um, their body size in their artwork is quite different than the average person um, surrounding them. Tell us a little bit about that in the Egyptian mysteries in general that it, and what has been passed on and from
1: where. Yes, yes. Well, of course, the body of Tutankhamun is, is on display. And um, for anyone who's read anything on him, uh, I know a few of the books carry a profile photo of him. Um, and his head is a typical grey head with the big area at the back. Um, And I know science has tried to say, oh, they had such and such a disease or something, but it's never a satisfactory explanation they give. They were actually Zeta hybrids. He and Agnaten were both his father, um, were both Zeta hybrids and they carried that look down here with them. So that explains the really long fingers and the, and the head shape, etc. Um, and, yes, they were trying to intervene in what the controllers were doing with the priesthood of Amun, which is the reason why Martin introduced the Aten, you know, the sun disc, <laughs> right. um, to try and get people onto another track because there'd been so much disinformation being put out. Um, but of course their their reign ended up coming to an end. I mean Tutankhamun died at the age of nineteen, just as he was starting to sort of get out there and do something about it. Um, and I believe his father was also probably put to death. So it all sort of, you know, imploded on it and the and the um Alman priesthood came back in and, and took up the reins again.
0: I've always felt that that's really where the la- the lights went out for the last time in a big way, where there was a real chance to kind of remember again. And uh, as you say in the book, and you were shown that the Egyptian mystery teachings oftentimes to us seem like miracles when they're simply our potential. Once some of our memory and DNA is unlocked, these are things we can all achieve and do um, once we start expanding our
1: consciousness right exactly exactly yes yes a lot of the a lot of the mystery teachings were um put out to control people they're not necessarily positive um a a lot of people get sort of caught up in in these all their ancient teachings so they must be good but a lot of it is controlling a lot of it's disinformation um a perfect example that I I quoted in the book, um, and this is the Lord's Prayer. I, I put in the book a version of the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, which is a language that Jesus spoke. And it is absolutely, totally different to the Lord's Prayer that is said in churches now. The whole thing has just been completely mistranslated and the deeper meaning completely lost because Aramaic being an ancient language has much deeper uh, connotations behind it than does English. And this has happened with the Bible and it's happened with other scriptures. They've been mistranslated, sometimes accidentally and sometimes absolutely on purpose. Yes. Again, to close us down.
0: Absolutely. So the the Zetas, the Arcturians, the Pleiadians, others are here, and if they have an essentially benevolent message, if they're encouraging us, To get back on our path, just to wake up to who we are, um, and give us the some suggestions about the best tools we can use to develop ourselves. Um, What what have you discovered in your own life by taking up, for example, uh, qigong and working with energy as a Reiki master? How? How have you found this moving you toward your own expansive awareness while you're here, not out at night, but while you're here on earth during the day? Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's the key to the whole thing. It's all right here, right now. It's not about ascending or anything like that. It's right here. Um, it's very, very important for people to practice some sort of spiritual thing take up some sort of spiritual practice because what evolution and ascension is all about essentially is raising our vibrational frequency of our energy. The human body has an energy system underlying all the other systems, which is what we work with in all these Eastern modalities. When you go to an acupuncturist, that's what the acupuncturist is doing. They're placing needles into chakra points through the body. Things like Tai Chi and Qi Gong, work with the energy system, which is the reason why when people are doing it properly, they feel a tingling in their hands. It's life force energy is being awakened through the body. So any spiritual practice is an absolute necessity if you want to evolve to higher vibrational frequencies. We've got to turn our energy frequency up, like tuning a radio from AM to FM. Um, and this is also our protection for the future, People say, well, what can we do to get away from all the control down here? Our energy frequency is our protection because once we can move to a higher energy frequency, we we automatically, it's like an armour that the controllers can't get to us. So that's
0: absolutely really because they're not at that same frequency themselves they may exactly. be technologically very advanced but they're not at those finer frequency ranges and i think we always have to remember that we have that potential to reach in if we choose to yes, so exactly. what can you tell us i mean and in, in recent sort of trip, you know trips up above um about the nature of some of the tricks that are on the table right now, some of the control agendas, and kind of a heads up for humanity about what's going to be exploited in our consciousness, or at least in disruptive patterns of distracting us now and next.
1: Oh my goodness, where do I start this? So <laughs> <laughs> for a start, um, the beginning of this new cycle started in the nineteen late 1950s, early 1960s, where, you know, the ETs were starting off and people were starting to come here, starting to wake people up. This is exactly when the drug culture came in. So that the whole drug industry is aimed at interfering, particularly with young people, because the young people are the star kids who are coming here. So there's major interference going on there with them. Um, the drug industry should have been, stamped out, but of course the controllers are the ones in charge of it, so of course it's not being stamped out. Um, Alcohol is another way of interfering with our energy. A lot of modern music, people don't realise just how much the musical beat and the key of music can affect our energy system. Um, A lot of the modern music um, enhances aggression in young people, (coughs) in other uh, what they call it, rap music, that sort of thing. Um, just the beat of it, you feel your heart speeding up. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really affecting people on an energy level. Um, oh, look, just, just basically every industry on, on the planet seems to be geared towards holding people back. The entertainment industry. I mean, you've only got to look at all these reality shows on TV. Um, they're a major distraction. Um, I could go on and on.
0: Well, let's not not miss the pharmaceutical industry legally drugging people into a state
1: of virtual anesthesia. Exactly, exactly, yeah. And all these these flu injections, because there are um, illnesses being introduced to then force people to have to be inoculated against them and the inoculations themselves play havoc with their body. Um, And what what we find... um, Those of us here who work together, we're all into Reiki, but, I mean, there are plenty of natural healing therapies out there. By practising it, natural healing therapy on a regular basis keeps you safe. Um, Also, some of the alternative medicine things, like I can't take the flu injection. My glands swell up. I get really sick with it. So I use olive leaf extract. Right. And luckily, I've got a doctor who's exactly the size.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Well, tell us about what your friends um, say about our Earth itself, about this magnificent, beautiful entity called Earth and our connection with Earth and how that connection can also help wake us up and reactivate um, DNA that's
1: been dormant. Oh, exactly, because what people have to remember is we're all part of nature. I mean, a human body is a natural thing. We're part of the natural environment. So, again, um, staying in tune with nature, respecting the planet, respecting nature, again, that's, that's the way to raise our vibrational frequency, whereas when we go out there and drop our rubbish and pollute our waterways, I mean, that, that's the absolute opposite. So, you know, we've got to learn to respect the planet, take care of the planet, because in doing that, we're taking care of ourselves. You know, that's that's the bottom line. Um, The other really important thing for people to understand is quantum physics is starting to prove we create our own reality. And so learning to think positive rather than always thinking in a negative way, you know, the glass half full rather than the glass half empty, because we do, we create our reality on a daily basis. So focusing on positive thoughts and controlling mind control is really, I mean, self-control is really, really important. Um, we were talking before you mentioned about um, how people think that the, the greys have a hive of consciousness. What an actual fact is they're working with God's will rather than free will. Um, that's the thing there when you're working with God's will you're working for the good of all whereas when you're working with free will it's often focused on self rather than those around you that makes sense of course.
0: <laughs> and going back going back a moment ago to the manipulation of the mind um, and the manipulation of the emotions, one thing my husband Zeus does, he teaches this course called Emotions and Motivation, which he has honed to the most beautiful artistic science because essentially he's challenging all the people in his classes to try on looking at something through a completely different lens, something he felt dear and absolutely held on to Try, try that thought on or that feeling on in reverse and see what happens and start breaking these patterns because in all of us, these, these are, these are hard taught patterns that we've developed over lifetimes of, of belief, for example. And it's going to take conscious effort to say, let me try the opposite on and see if that can be true. And of course, Byron Katie's work addressed some of this
1: as well back when. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, this is where meditation um, comes in because meditation teaches us to focus. Um, and honestly, focus, I mean, it's going right out the window. I mean, children these days with their, with their screens and things, they cannot focus for five minutes. Uh, so again, you know, this is where technology is messing us up. Learning to focus and being aware of what you're doing and saying and thinking is so important. Again, one of the great teachers sent a whole teaching through on this once about how being negative is easy. It's like a jellyfish being washed around in the tide, whereas being positive, it takes focus and and mind control and thoughts. You know, just keeping pulling yourself back all the time. Okay, we slip off. I mean, we're only human. We slip off the path, but we then, if we become aware of that happening, and pull ourselves back on again.
0: Stop telling ourselves the same old stories. That's part of it right there. We have a few minutes left, and we there's so much more in this book. Why don't you go ahead and dive into a couple points we haven't had a chance to cover yet, just to give people a heads up at um, what else you're addressing here?
1: Okay, well, basically what, uh, what I wrote the book, I was, I was given instructions upstairs to write this book. When I say upstairs, I mean up on the ship because I'd already had two books published, The Zeta Message and Human by Day, Zeta by Night. And um, so I thought, oh, I'm off the hook. I've got these books published. <laughs> and next thing, I find myself back in 2011, November 2011, up on the ship attending a meeting. And this meeting was about, okay, where are we going to go from here on with planet Earth? You know, what's the direction we've got to do to start moving things along? Because we were coming up to 2012, you know, which was sort of the centre of the shift. And somebody (laughs) um, turned around and mentioned to me, why don't you write another book? You've already been published. Why don't you write a third book? What you need to write it about is what's been going on down on Earth so that people understand the history, how we've come to this point, and what we can do in future to address it and, and start healing things. So um, that was what happened. That's how they got me working on this third book. Um, so basically this is what the book's about. It's talking about the history, that there's been a number of genesis on Earth and not all from mammalians like modern humans. There was a genesis of insectoid people which became the ant people, which evolved into some of the greys. Um, There was the reptilians the draconians who created the reptilians and there's been several different ones. Um, And that's another important point is that human life throughout the universe can be developed from any animal species. So this is how you get reptilian humans, insectoid humans, bird humans, cat humans, dog humans. Um, all through the universe is all these different ones. So that's the point that I bring up. It, human life as mammalian humans on Earth is just one tiny, tiny, tiny aspect um, throughout the whole universe. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Um, and that the thing is, is people down here have to learn to get on with each other and accept each other's differences if we're going to become universal citizens because there are way more different people out in the universe who are just as good, just as godly, just as spiritual, but who look entirely different. And so this is a lesson that Earth humans are being given, particularly by the greys. Um, I always remember one of the grey teachers saying, someone had made a comment about, all oh, this ET came and visited me, All oh, they were really, really weird looking. And one of the grey teachers laughed at the time and he said if people knew some of the really, really weird shapes out there that life forms take, they'd think of us as being really, really boring and ordinary. <laughs> so, you know, compared to the greys, you know, there are some really weird things out there. At least the greys still look human. <laughs> so he made a bit of a joke about that. Um, and this is what I'm trying to get across in the book, that there's all these different ones out there. And the other thing, the point is, earth humans are not the only ones in the whole universe made in the shape of God created in the image of God all that means is that we're all basically energy beings it's nothing to do with our physical form whatsoever God is not a physical old man up on the cloud God is an energy form and that's one of the real main points that I want to get across in the book the way God's been is down here is so wrong <laughs> <laughs> and
0: essentially the great, the great solvent that keeps it all moving throughout the universe again is love, tolerance, compassion, acceptance. It always goes back to the same place if you're talking about genuinely uh, more advanced, and I don't even like the word advanced. I don't like hierarchical, but expanded being, beings with expanded consciousness. It always right. leads back to love and
1: acceptance, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because when you think about it, love and positivity grows and feeds and expands. Negativity contracts upon itself. It does. And this this is the argument that can be used that out there, there aren't any negative ETs coming, negative aliens coming to attack Earth because all those who are able to come here and who have the technology to come here have evolved past that. Until we evolve past that, A planet's kept under control. You're not allowed to.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's time we start stepping up. And I've said this in other interviews as well, but it's up to us to choose to not buy into the drama, not buy into all the games, hijinks, media, and so forth. We have to just, you know, unplug ourselves from that. And like you did, make a commitment to developing ourselves on an energetic and spiritual level for real, you know, not just a yoga class
1: here and there. Oh, yes, brilliant, brilliant. Yes, I did a bit of <laughs> yoga too. I say, if ever I retire from teaching Tai Chi, I'm going to take up yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Any final thoughts before we sign off? Uh, look, really, really, Regina, that one is about understanding that we create our own reality. Um, so it's really, really important for people to guard their thoughts and the fact that we are all one. That's the bottom line. The whole universe is energy and Everyone is connected to everybody else. Indeed, we're
0: all connected. I want to thank you so much for your time and sharing tomorrow morning with us here on the West Coast of the United States. (laughs) And, um, yeah, lovely work on your book. Congratulations on that.
1: Thank you. Thank you. If people want to um, find out a bit more, they can tune into our our website. It's ufograyinfo.com. Ray spelt with an E. Yes. ufograyinfo.com. Mm
0: -hmm. you yes okay thank you so much for that and um also the name of the book again is et presence on earth so uh, until next time i just want to thank you again for joining us today and thank you the audience for uh taking part in this conversation between judy and myself until next time thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com